Welcome, my friends. I am so glad to be back with you after a month of sabbatical. I have missed talking with you, practicing with you, and I'm so excited about the series coming up this month. I think it's a really important practice and exploration for all of us. Before we get into today's class, I wanted to offer you a gift. While I was off last month, I put together a package of my top five mini SOS practices for tough times. In fact, I'm calling this download five practices for heartbreaking times because the last months, the last years have been tough. You know, when I started meditating over a decade ago at this point, I practiced mostly to lessen my stress at work, maybe to feel a little bit better during my day, to feel more balanced. And yet today, I'm so aware that I'm practicing mostly just to feel relatively okay within the times that we live in. Times that often feel fraught, painful, heartbreaking and scary. The meditation practice that we do on a daily basis is one of the greatest tools that we have for working with these intense emotions. Over time, we're building our emotional resilience, our ability to be with it all without letting it break us. But in the actual sharpness of a painful moment, It's unlikely that any of us will go sit on a meditation cushion. The feelings are often very strong. The sense of unsettledness, ungrounding, or lack of safety can be overwhelming. In these moments, there are a few short practices that I tend to lean on time and again. Here, I'm going to share with you my top five SOS practices the practices I go to first in painful, scary, or heartbreaking times. This is a free download for you. You can save these practices on your phone, on your computer, and use them time and again. I hope they lend you the same comfort they lend me. Please remember that as much as possible, you should continue a daily meditation practice as well. Keep building that emotional resilience. And if the feelings are ever too much, you can always stop your practice and seek the support of a licensed therapist or counselor. You can access these downloads by going right to my website, merylarnett.com. You'll see it right there on the homepage, five practices for heartbreaking times. May we all be well. May we live with ease. And now, why don't we get into today's class? Welcome. You are listening to The Mindful Minute, meditations created for everyday joy. I'm Meryl Arnett, mama, meditator, and head of mindfulness for Shoreline Meditation App. This podcast is recorded from my live Monday night meditation class, where we have a brief discussion followed by a 20-minute guided meditation. If these meditations support you and your practice, please consider donating to the show to support its continued growth, new offerings, and its ever-expanding team. 
You can find the link in today's show notes or simply visit merylarnett.com and click on podcast. All right, y'all, let's practice. And now on to our regularly scheduled event. Happy meditation, happy June, happy Monday. I have been doing a lot of thinking lately around why it is I'm meditating. And and I'd be really curious actually to hear your answer to that question. Feel free to type it in the chat or tell me later. I I would be so interested. When I started, like maybe a decade or I guess 12 years now ago, I started for like the simplest of reasons. I wanted to feel a little bit better at work. I was stressed out a lot at work. I wanted to maybe experience something that felt a little deeper or more inspiring in myself. And that was kind of it. And I contrast that with now. And now I feel like I'm meditating basically only to feel vaguely okay engaging in the world we live in. Right? It feels like just about every single day something tries to break my heart. And my practice is the thing that I lean on to not totally crumble and fall apart. And it got me thinking a bit about what that is and what the practice is doing for us in those moments. So there is a thing, a state called ontological anxiety. Right? Ontology is the study of, or the experience of existence, of our state of being. And ontological anxiety is like when our existence feels threatened or unsafe or untethered in some way, when it feels like the world as we know it is falling apart, right? We experience this sort of existential anxiety. And what's interesting is like, this is not new. None of us are the first people to experience it. This isn't some unprecedented, horrible time in human history. This is just another moment in human history. In Buddhism, you learn of four noble truths, right? And the very first teaching, the very first thing you learn is that suffering is an innate part of human experience. Suffering is an innate part of human experience. And if you look in mystical and spiritual texts across traditions, in a myriad of them, you find commentary on the fact that in the universe exist all opposites. Good and bad, life and death, positive and negative states. It's not a mistake. It is just simply how the system is. It is a truth of existence. And if this is true, right, if suffering is simply a part of human experience, not a mistake, not something necessarily even to be remedied, it is just a truth of existence. If that is true, what is our meditation practice doing for us? I think, I'm struggling with the word to use. I'm, I'm going to use the word end game. It's not quite right, but it's close. The, 
the penultimate teachings, the where we're going when you continue to study with teachers in meditation is we move into compassion-based practices. We move into practices like metta or heartfulness or entering the cave of the heart. In the Yoga Sutra, which is, even though it says yoga, it's really a meditation text. In that text, in Sutra 3.34, it says, by meditating on the heart, one gains complete knowledge of the mind. In tantric meditation, you're led into the cave of the heart. And all of this sounds quite mystical and magical and perhaps useless in the face of war. But really what those teachings are saying is not at all mystical or magical. It is unbelievably down to earth. All of those teachings are saying, acknowledge what you feel. Stop being afraid of what it is that you feel. And stop trying to fix what you feel. That's it. We can talk about compassion and definitions of compassion and definitions of heartfulness all day long. We can read all of the books. But ultimately, where it's guiding us is, what do you feel? Can you let yourself actually feel that thing? And can you stop telling yourself you're wrong for feeling it? I'm going to make a really odd segue, but I promise it's related. I am listening to a lot of podcasts about parenting lately. I have some little kids with some big emotions, and I need all the help I can get. And I really love this one clinical psychologist, Dr. Becky who talks a lot about how to have conversations with your kids about big emotions. And I am noticing a theme in all of them. The one I just listened to is on winning and losing because, you know, my son just started swim team. He had his first meet. He had a lot of anxiety around this first meet. And he was like, what if I don't win? And I don't know about you. I'm going to pause long enough for you to think for a second. Your kid says to you, what if I don't win? And you think about what your response would be. Because I bet most of us were brought up in the same generation. And I'm not casting any blame on our parents. I think they did an amazing job. But most of the language that comes up for me when it comes to winning and losing is something like, it's not about winning and losing. It's about having fun. Don't worry. Just go have fun. Don't make a big scene. Be kind if you lose. It doesn't really matter. It's all about having fun. You'll be fine. Let's go have a good time. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? I'm not being mean. I'm, I'm not lying necessarily. But what I am doing when I say, it's fine, it's fine, don't worry about it, let's just go have fun. What I'm saying to my son is, don't actually worry about that feeling you're feeling. Don't trust it because you shouldn't feel it. It's fine. And what he's saying is, I feel the way about, my, about maybe not winning. That feels scary for some reason. And the advice in the podcast is let's be curious about what that is. Like, why why does that feel scary to not win? What do you think that says about you? And over and over again, what I'm noticing is that there's no answer. It's not like Dr. Becky or any of these psychologists are saying, here's what you say. Instead, over and over again, what I'm hearing is, 
can you just be curious about what your kid is feeling, about what your kid is thinking? And it occurs to me that I could be curious, but only if I'm first willing to do that to myself. So that when I feel scared, when I feel like my very existence is threatened in some way, instead of that piece of my brain going, it's fine, you're fine, stop worrying about this. Other people have it way worse than you. It's fine, we're all gonna be fine. Take a big breath, smile, it's okay. And I'm like, oh, I shouldn't feel that. I shouldn't feel that. And here it is bubbling up. It makes me feel unsettled and unsafe, like I can't trust my own body. And so the, the parenting podcast advice is the very same meditation podcast advice. Can we just be curious about what we're feeling? Some of the words that I heard in the podcast today were things like, tell me more. I believe you. That sounds like it must really hurt. What if you said that to yourself? I believe you. That must really hurt. It doesn't fix the pain, right? It's not going to, meditation is not going to make us feel better about school shootings. It is not going to make us feel better about the ecological crisis we're facing and the continued hate-based violence that we see over and over again. It's not going to make us feel better about political decisions we disagree with. What meditation does do is give us the opportunity to acknowledge what we're feeling and to say, I believe you. I believe myself. Whatever my body is saying, whatever my breath is saying, I believe it. And I'm not going to say don't feel. And while it doesn't take away the pain, while it doesn't fix the terror or the heartbreak or whatever the emotion is, I think what it does do is settle us a little bit. Instead of me spinning out and feeling like there's something wrong with me because I don't feel okay, at least I can know, actually, there's nothing wrong with me. I am okay, even when I feel horrid inside. And so I want this meditation series to be an exploration of how we feel and how we allow those feelings to be. We're going to look at it through the lens of the body, the breath, and of the mind-heart. And we're going to start with the body. We'll do a really tangible practice tonight. And I, I just want to throw one more piece in there, which is, you know, when we sit in meditation, so often we sit the exact same way, right? Like the, the videos I see, I see you guys in the same spot every Monday, right? You see me in the same spot every Monday. And I bet, with little exception, most of us sit with our body in mostly the same shape. And that is actually a really valuable practice because it tells us something about how we feel day to day. So if I sit cross-legged on a cushion every single day 
And most days I sit up nice and tall. I feel really good. I don't have any pain and I'm able to practice. And one day I come and sit and I'm like, I got to lean back against the backrest because my back is tired. Or sometimes when I sit, I, sometimes I sit on the couch when I meditate. And most of the time I just sit upright on the couch, but every once in a while I'm like, there's so much tension in my shoulders and my neck that I have to put a pillow back here to support the weight of my head. That tells me something about how I'm feeling before I've even begun my practice. I don't have to identify what that means or what it's related to. I don't have to say, oh, well, my neck is so tense because X, Y, Z happened. I just get to notice that my neck feels really tight today. And then we close our eyes perhaps and we settle into our practice and we start to notice what's coming up in the body. I feel jittery or anxious. I feel sleepy. I feel numb. Even that sensation of I don't feel anything, that is valuable. Just to identify that, I don't feel anything. You don't have to decide what it means. Just notice. Yeah? Okay. So let's start this first practice. And I want you, especially if you've been seated still that whole time, just to like move around a little bit. Because even when we talk about suffering, when we talk about painful feelings, we can get really tight. So you might just shift, wiggle. Find yourself in a comfortable and perhaps familiar seat. You might let your hands rest onto your lap. And perhaps you'll choose to close your eyes or take a soft gaze down towards the ground. And together as a group, let's take a nice deep inhale in through the nose. Exhale a sigh out of the mouth. And we'll do that again. We'll inhale deeply. Exhale, let it all go. And you allow your breath just to flow. And in these first few breaths, we start our practice by silently saying to ourselves, Now is my time to meditate. Now is my time to meditate. As you say those words, you might remember that all this means is can I feel what I feel without trying to fix it, change it, or stop it. And so we might sit a little bit more fully Letting go through our hips and our thighs. 
tracing up the long line of your spine. Perhaps you let your shoulder blades drop back down a bit. The back of the neck is long. Lifting up the top of the head just a tiny bit. We'll do our best to let go of the muscles in the face. Forehead. The eyes, the jaw. For a moment, you might simply notice the breath moving through the chest. Notice the breath moving through the belly. time you might feel how your breath slows down a bit. Sometimes it settles into a nice even flow. Sometimes it doesn't. It's all okay. Because we want this practice to be very much in the body. Today we'll add a tangible element to the breath. And so you'll start just by bringing your left thumb to the base of your left pinky finger. Right there on your lap is fine. You don't have to hold your hand up or anything. Your thumb is touching the base of your left pinky finger. And whenever you breathe in next, as you inhale, you'll simply slide your thumb all the way up to the top of your pinky finger. And when you breathe out, you'll slide your thumb all the way down to the base of the pinky finger. And your next inhale moves your thumb to the ring finger, sliding all the way up to the top of the ring finger. And the exhale slides all the way down to the base of the ring finger. Your next inhale will be the middle finger with absolutely no rush at all. Moving up and down each finger, thumb sliding all the way up and all the way down. When you finish the fingers on the left hand, you move over to the right hand, starting with the pinky finger. 
Inhale moves your finger to the top and exhale to the bottom. And we'll spend the next three or four minutes simply moving finger to finger. Switching hands as many times as you need. Letting all of your awareness focus on that sensation of touch connected to the flow of your breath. Without any rush at all. The next time your thumb and the tip of your index finger meet, stop there. And you'll let the first finger and the thumb touch on both hands. Gradually letting your body settle into stillness. We'll stay here for these last six minutes.
allowing ourselves to feel everything that we feel without needing to put any words explanations or justifications along with it. Sit and breathe together here.
breath here. Feeling your body here. And oh, so gradually we let our breath begin to deepen. We savor these last seconds of simply acknowledging and allowing ourselves to feel as we feel. When you're ready, you might wiggle your fingers and your toes, reminding yourself of the edges of your body. And together as a group, we'll take one last deep breath in through the nose. Let go a good sigh. Bringing all the time you need to blink your eyes open, to let go of your practice. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Mindful Minute. If you're enjoying these episodes, please consider leaving me a review wherever you get your podcast. It really helps others to find this show. To learn more about my live classes, virtual meditation retreats, my meditation app Shoreline, or to make a donation to the show, please visit MerylArnett.com. Thanks again. I'll see you next week.